Welcome to the Melissa Rx Scripts Podcast, the show that brings you lively conversations with leaders, colleagues, and friends in healthcare, pharmacy, and beyond. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for the Melissa Rx Scripts Podcast. I'm Melissa Muir Corrigan, and I'll be your host. This is episode 31 of the Melissa Rx Scripts Podcast, and thanks for listening. Well, I've often been asked about my interest in sharing stories. I come to it from my dad, who loves hearing a good story and telling one, especially about fishing. Thanks, Dad. I hope that you enjoy this Melissa Rx Scripts episode. Well, now, on today's podcast, I'll be talking with our first Dean Student Pharmacist Interview Duo, Renee Chestnut and Olivia Welter. Renee, Olivia, and I are going to be discussing many things, including navigating change and innovation during these dynamic times. I'll give you a bit of an introduction to Renee and Olivia, and then let them tell you about their background and experiences. Renee Chestnut is Dean and Professor of Pharmacy Practice for Drake University College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences. She recently was installed Chair-Elect of the American Association of Colleges of Pharmacy, Council of Deans. What an important role. Renee also received the Lambda Capta Sigma Vanguard Leadership Award in 2014 and was named CPHS Mentor of the Year, College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences Mentor of the Year twice. I'm so grateful for our connection over many years. Well, Olivia is a student pharmacist at Drake University College of Pharmacy, um, wrapping up in just a few months, and recently was named the 2021 to 2022 APHA Foundation Executive Fellow in Association Management. Active in Drake's APHA ASP chapter, Olivia chaired their Generation RX Patient Care Project. I look forward to learning more about that one. Well, and then a fun fact that I have to share with our listeners as we're recording today is that it is March Madness season, and we are all so proud to be celebrating that Drake University men's basketball team was invited to the dance, and they actually are probably going to start playing as we're recording this episode. So fingers and toes crossed, um, I think, for all of us, but we're just excited for the men and hope the athletes um, enjoy this experience and do their best, and we look forward to hearing how it turns out. Well, Renee and Olivia, I just want to say thank you for being here with me today. And as before we get into talking about your career and student experiences, maybe you can tell me a little bit about your background, where you grew up, what your life was like in the earlier days in Iowa and Wisconsin, and about your family. Well, I'll start. I grew up in Adair County. Oh, this is Renee. I grew up in Adair County and graduated from Adair Casey High School. Uh, that's in Iowa, about an hour outside of Des Moines. I came to Des Moines and went to Drake for pharmacy and actually went through a fairly new combined degree program that we had at that point in time, the combined pharmacy MBA program that I know a lot of schools offer now. After I graduated, I spent eight years working for Eli Lilly in marketing and sales and had a territory in Des Moines uh, before becoming a faculty member and director of student services at Drake. It's hard to believe, but that was 28 years ago. Since then, I 
have also served as assistant dean and associate dean of student affairs and academic affairs, and I earned my doctoral degree along the way. And then about five years ago, I had the opportunity to become dean and have enjoyed that position tremendously as well. As far as my family goes, I have a husband, Eddie, who's been so supportive over the years, and two children, Blaine, who's an electrical engineer in Omaha, and is recently engaged, I might add, and Taylor, who is an optometrist in St. Louis. And what about you, Olivia? Yeah, so I actually grew up in Nina, Wisconsin. I have one older sister and two younger brothers. We've always been Packers fans, but I was actually born and raised a Hawkeye fan for um, pretty much everything else sports-wise. My dad grew up in Des Moines. And actually, right now while we're recording, I'm tuning in from my grandparents' house where I've been staying um, during rotations in Des Moines. So it's actually been pretty full circle for me. So life in Wisconsin was the same as life in Iowa is, you know, both of those uh, classic Midwest states, but I am missing the fish fries that I was so used to back in Wisconsin right around now. So yeah, my older sister is really creative. I unfortunately did not get that side of the family, um, but my younger brothers are both pursuing mechanical engineering as a career. So we've got a good mix in there. Oh, I love that. Renee, thanks for sharing about, you know, your roots um, in Iowa and then, you know, about your your children and your extensive experience that you've had at Drake, both as a student and then in academic leadership, which has just been wonderful. And Olivia, I love the similarities between Iowa and Wisconsin. And for me growing up in Illinois, I will echo the fit, finding a good fish fry. I, I think in Iowa is a little difficult. We had strong, we had really good ones in Illinois and I think in Wisconsin too. Well, Olivia, tell us a little bit more about how did you decide to go to pharmacy school? And then once you decided pharmacy school, how did you land on Drake? And I think you had an early interest in policy. So how did all that come about? Yeah, absolutely. So I remember in fifth grade, we had to write down what career we wanted to see ourselves in. And my mom would always say, you're either going to be a lawyer or a pharmacist. I can just feel it. And so as I went through high school, I was leaning more and more towards the healthcare route. And pharmacy was looking really appealing to me after I had some conversations with my science teachers who I had. So I had ultimately decided I wanted to start in a pre-pharmacy program and go from there. I was looking at six-year schools. And so Drake was, was up there for me because of the close family ties I had to Des Moines and just heard nothing but good things about Drake University. My top programs were actually Drake, Iowa, and University of Madison. So I think any of those would have been a great choice, but Drake just offered more of that. It, it's a smaller private institution, so I was really looking forward to having uh, more of an opportunity, I guess, to connect with my professors. And being in Des Moines, it's the perfect place right near the Capitol. IPA is in town, so it really worked out really well for me ending up here at Drake. And that's actually one of the reasons why I did get involved um, and interested in policy so early was because one of our local pharmacy heroes, John Forbes, Representative Forbes, I've been pretty strategic from the very beginning about placing myself in situations where I can learn more about things that interest me. And right away in the beginning, it was policy. So I applied to work at his pharmacy, got the job there. And that led to a really great relationship between the two of us and was ultimately a factor in me deciding to do a legislative internship with Representative Forbes at the Capitol 
but that wasn't really until the end of my P3 or so. A lot happened in between there and it really all started off with my school's chapter of APHA ASP and being part of their policy committee. It was just a space where I could really learn more about the issues that were facing pharmacy, what pharmacists can do. And it was kind of an escape for me, I'll be honest, from my pharmacy school classes. I had a little crisis where I wasn't really enjoying the science side of things as much as I thought I would, but I was really finding release in that organization and that led me to join IPA policy committees. And you know, the rest is really history from there. It really was a good kickoff point for me to, to really expand on a career in advocacy. Well, Olivia, thank you for sharing those reflections. And I think it's so helpful for our student pharmacists or you know, for people who are at an inflection point and trying to think about what, what they should do or what it looks like, that sometimes it's just an idea that you had, you know, that you thought you would have an interest in it. And then how do you place yourself in those situations that you can gain more experience? So I really appreciate learning more about that. That is super cool. And I am a big fan of John Forbes and have known him and worked with him for many years and just think having a pharmacist in a advocacy and a policy legislature kind of position is, is really, really important for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Renee, in your intro, we talked a little bit about your career in, the, in our early discussions and, you know, that you became dean about five years ago. And you know, one of the things under your leadership as dean, you've been instrumental in the development of implementation of the college's new programs. And this was really what I would call groundbreaking, that the move to occupational therapy doctorate and a master's in athletic training, along with enhancing and expanding the health sciences program. So tell us a little bit more, like, why did this come about? And what are some of the lessons that you learned in kind of navigating? Because that could be a big change, a big new thing for a college of pharmacy. Absolutely. It is a big change to go from being a college entirely focused on pharmacy to having other programs along with the pharmacy program. I think it's been a very positive change for our college. I guess you asked about where it came from, and I have to give credit to the prior deans that were at Drake, starting with Steve Hoig, who really got us going in a pharmaceutical sciences undergraduate degree that then moved into becoming our undergraduate health sciences program. And then Raylene Rossbond and Wendy Duncan, who both did a lot of planning and exploring potential degree programs at Drake. So when I started as interim dean, we were starting, we had already hired our first few faculty members for the occupational therapy program. And so I really got to see all of the planning start to come to fruition. Our health sciences program that I have already mentioned has really expanded. It now has under that degree, a public health major, a healthcare administration major, and then a clinical and applied sciences major where students go on to medical school or PA or PT or other healthcare professional programs. And then, as you mentioned, we have the occupational therapy doctorate, most recently the master's in athletic training. And then we've also added a master's of science in health informatics and analytics this past fall, and along with that, an evidence-based healthcare certificate program for those people that don't necessarily want to have an entire degree, but want to get some additional training and education in being able to look at a body of, of work, literature, and be able to make sense of it all and uh, recommendations from that. What I think we have seen as we've gone through the development of new programs to 
um, continuing those programs is that it's important not to forget about what got us where we're at. And I remember that a couple of times I've given the analogy of adding new programs is kind of like putting an addition onto your house that you can do it, but if you don't spruce up and and add to your current house, it might look weird and out of balance. And so it's important that we continue to um, elevate all of the programs as we add the new programs. And I would say that that has happened, that we've been able to add some faculty that have really provided a lot of collaboration opportunities in both teaching and research with our faculty. There's certainly, whenever you add another healthcare profession, you bring on faculty that have very different perspectives and you gain a better understanding of the healthcare system as a whole. And it's also allowed for us to be able to share best practices um, throughout our program. It has put our faculty and I think our administration as well in thinking about what are the things that we do that we need to keep how we used to do it, like committee structure, governance, a couple of other things, and what can we share across the entire college and and what needs to be changed. So it's been a great experience being at the helm of all of that happening, but I really have to give a lot of credit to my leadership team and the department chairs in each of those new programs because they have done a phenomenal job of not just starting a new program, but starting a very high quality new program that is leading to successful accreditation is a first step. And then also admitting high quality students that are graduating and already are doing some great things in their professions. Well, I love you providing the historical perspective and, you know, as a Drake alum and someone that's been involved with the College of Pharmacy for many years, I know that it's been talked about strategically, like, you know, should we expand or what could it look like? What would be the right programs? And I think it was very positive that Drake took a thoughtful approach, you know, like when the time was right, when the resources were in place. And then I feel very fortunate that I'm again serving on Pharmacy's National Advisory Council and one of the really cool things that we've done in the last couple of years is had some joint meetings with these new programs, with occupational therapy and with the Masters of Athletic Training. And I have to say that I think our interactive sessions have been such a good way strategically, you know, for pharmacy to look broader. And especially as we're doing more multidisciplinary kind of activities in healthcare, that that's a really cool thing. And then, like you said, what can we learn from them, whether it be like an accreditation process and standards, or even just an approach. And I like that Drake continues to grow and expand with the evidence-based certificate program and, you know, to figure out what's needed right now and meet the learners where they are and what makes the most sense. Yeah. Yep. And we will continue to do that and still are doing that. So we look forward to what might come out in the next couple of years. That is so, so great. Well, Olivia, when we got started, you know, you shared a little bit about your passion related to policy and that, you know, you had pharmacy interests beyond clinical or some of the sciences. So let's talk a little bit. I know you've had some experiences with the Iowa Pharmacists Association and that you did a 12-week internship, I believe, a few years ago in 2019. Yeah, yeah. So this was actually one of the highlights of my pharmacy career so far. I attribute a lot of my strengths and a lot of my Um, you know, skill set in the career path that I'm pursuing, association management, I attribute a lot of that to this internship. 
And it was really the beginning of my decision to pursue that route. So I was really fortunate to be included on uh, some projects that helped me enhance my professional writing and my professional communication style, which were, I worked on a white paper that focused on pharmacists' roles in behavioral health. So that was both the writing as well as looking into what pharmacists are capable of. I was able to develop and present to our board of trustees a new way to recognize member leadership and give credit to our membership that they really deserve. And I also worked to launch an initiative that was aiming to be proactive in ensuring that rural Iowans would have uninterrupted access to pharmacists as pharmacy owners and community pharmacists decide to retire from the profession um, or move on to something else. Um, as we know, Iowa has a lot of rural areas. So that was a big highlight of the internship for me. The best part about all of it really was all of the connections that I made and the confidence that I gained in my ability to meaningfully contribute to our profession. I was able to make so many connections because the staff involved me in literally every single meeting that they could, including their board of trustees retreat where I got to participate in strategic planning and their annual meeting where I was kind of working behind the scenes to make sure things were running smoothly. And this has really opened up a lot of doors for me in terms of um, who I've been able to connect with and from that network, who I've been able to find really good and trusted mentors in. So that's been something that's been really, really beneficial for me is making those, those connections with people. As we know, pharmacy is a small world and I have not regretted at all attending a single networking event, a single annual meeting, anything like that, because it's all led to something else. It's all contributed to um, the trajectory that I'm on right now. Well, and I think we all feel that the connections we have are so important and our connections look a little different this year and in 2020, of course, you know, because we're not necessarily gathering in person, but we are connecting virtually with the APHA annual meeting last week and we had a virtual house of delegates and things like that. And, you know, I years ago did a rotation at the Iowa Pharmacists Association and that to me was very foundational and fundamental in exposing me to opportunities in the association world and you know what that could look like serving the profession versus having you know more of a clinical practice and you know I think you're so right that we're fortunate where in this Iowa pharmacy family you know you touched on you mentioned um, John Forbes and there's you know the Osterhouses there Tom Temple Kate Gaynor there's so many Dean Latender Renee that are so significant in providing connections and also just innovation in education and in in pharmacy practice so you know, I think if someone's listening or they're they're like, should I go to that or should I jump on that Zoom, you know, kind of right now, or should I apply for it? My sense, your your message would be yes, you should definitely go for it. Absolutely, 100 percent And when I was looking into applying for the IPA internship, I, I was really lacking in confidence. I thought, you know, there's gonna be people out there who are so much more experienced than I am. But I think what really did it for me was my willingness and my readiness to learn and grow in a new area of pharmacy that I hadn't experienced before. So when you take those chances, you find things that really highlight your strengths and, you know, you find those places where you'll be able to best supply what you know really well, what you know how to do. So I would 100% encourage anyone listening, if they're on the fence about something, go for it. Just try it out. You won't regret it. Yeah. And I also think that then when you do the you know, the rotation or when you do the internship or do the residency or the fellowship, 
the experience you gain, the hands-on. And, you know, you might not know how to do it. And I mean, I think back to the first time I worked on a policy paper, you know, <laughs> that was very intimidating. And, you know, there was a lot of red ink, red pen after that. But, you know, you gain experience and then you learn what your strengths are, what where you could, you know, improve a little bit more. And, you know, it's interesting. It kind of causes me to reflect why I wanted to have both you and Renee on here together, because I think having a supportive leadership within your college or school of pharmacy is really, really important for um, students and for residents and new practitioners to succeed. So Renee, let's talk a little bit more about that. You know, I know that you have a commitment to Drake's rich tradition of, you know, educational excellence. And I know that the College of Pharmacy is known for these outstanding graduates. And again, I'm so proud to be a Drake Bulldog. And we know that Drake students go out in the world and do, do amazing things. And our practitioner alumni really are considered change makers. So how does that come about? What do you think the secret sauce is? Or just kind of tell me more about how you see this kind of playing out. Well, the timing of this question is perfect because I've recently been doing some research on C. Boyd Granberg, who was a faculty member at Drake for many years and was actually the dean when I was a student at Drake. He will be having his 100th birthday in early May, so a few months from now, and we're having a virtual birthday celebration for him at the end of April during Drake Relays that that, uh, is usually a traditional time of alums coming back to campus, but won't be having that gathering this year. And so instead doing a virtual birthday and I have, it has really helped me to understand through looking at his work that stretches back long before I was a student that Drake really does have a rich history of just what you're talking about, that excellence and achievement of the students that graduate. And I think a lot of it comes from the role models that the faculty provide. And then that commitment to students and the approach of providing students with a variety of experiences. So I always think we attract outstanding students that have so much potential and then give them opportunities to really pursue and develop that potential to gain important skills and to develop inquisitive, proactive mindsets. And one of those mindsets that is also a value in our college is entrepreneurial leadership. And we actually, to put a focus on that mindset and that value, about 15 years ago, we created the Delta RX Institute, which Delta stands for Drake Entrepreneurial Leadership Tools for Advancement. And the mission is to create a spirit of change and innovation in the pharmacy profession. And so we have a website that is a repository of ideas and stories and examples of people that throughout the pharmacy profession that have done some very innovative things. And we have a number of experiences on campus, whether it's unique specialized summer internships or, and including the legislative advocacy internship that Olivia completed is underneath the Delta RX umbrella. And we have a next top entrepreneur competition. We partner with the entrepreneurship centers on campus to do a number of different things. So I think that's one piece of it, even before Delta RX that that value was there. Um, But I think also the collaborative learning that comes from interprofessional experiences 
that we have not just with the other programs at Drake, but also with four other institutions in the Des Moines area and getting all of our students together and interprofessional opportunities, giving exposure to unique career pathways. We really try to take advantage of being in the Des Moines area and all of the things that are available there, as well as community service opportunities. We oh, have yeah. a number of underserved populations and we've been able to do so much uh, with those patients that really, I think, open our students' minds and open their eyes to a lot of opportunities. And so students can really identify their areas of interest, as you heard Olivia talk about with policy. Um, some may call it passion and then give them the opportunity to develop those areas. Our goal has always been that students don't just get a job, they get a dream career. Um, when they come to our school and go through our pharmacy program. Well, thank you for sharing those reflections. And, you know, I'll echo that learning more about Dean Granberg's legacy is so important. And, you know, I I've, I always found it a treat when we get to see him when we were able to gather back uh -huh. in the day, you know, in, in yeah. the before times. But I, I very much look forward to celebrating his birthday later this spring. And I will make sure that we link to the Delta RX site in our show notes and in the summary of this episode. And, you know, I also think this, what you described as the, you know, the inquisitive mindset and the growth mindset, and also a confidence that even if you haven't done something, you know, Olivia shared some reflections about IPA in the annual meeting. I found like what I took with me is I knew I could do it or, you know, and if something didn't work out. I had the resilience that I kind of gained that people at Drake instilled in me that, you know, I could move from the Midwest to the East Coast or, you know, whatever those kind or, you know, I know you do, you guys have rotations in sites around the world, you know, that you can push people and they can try different things, but they have this foundation to know that they can grow and learn. And that's like so cool. I think that really helps us from an innovation standpoint and from a disruption standpoint, because there's so much in flux and so much in change that having the, that kind of foundational entrepreneurial spirit, and even if you're not like doing an entrepreneurial thing, many things in pharmacy now are different and new. And so those skills and values really make mm -hmm. a difference. Yeah, we talk about it's important. We all have challenges and problems and we can sit around and complain about it, or we can do something about it. And that's what we try and instill within coursework, within the some of the co-curriculum and the extracurricular experiences of identifying a problem, coming up with different ideas and solutions. And then I think a big part of it, and you kind of mentioned it, is grit and resilience, that in any time that we're going to try a new innovation, we run into obstacles and barriers. And so having that perseverance to deal with that and not just give up is an important piece of that as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, when we were getting ready to talk about this, it's kind of interesting how Olivia and I connected. We have many people in pharmacy that we know in common. I wanna give a shout out to Lupe <laughs> Chavez from Iowa, yes. um, my mentee here and who's gonna be on the podcast in the future. And then also Kelly Jo Welter. But you know, I saw this announcement, Olivia, about you being selected for the APHA Foundation you know, Executive Fellowship and Association Management. And I, I, you know, I had mentioned that I had shared in that position years ago and I was just so excited for you and you know, learning 
about that. So tell me, you know, what are you most excited? Congratulations, first and foremost, you are getting ready to, you should put your seatbelt on because you're going to have an amazing, amazing opportunity. But tell me, what are you most excited to learn? Yeah, there's, it's hard to put my finger on just one thing because it's kind of an all-encompassing experience and it'll be interesting to see what I'll be able to get out of it, which I know will be a ton. I've heard nothing but great things from past residents. But for me, this is kind of like what Dean Chestnut was just describing. This is a dream career for me. This is something that I've wanted to do for quite a while. And so when the application opened up for the year, I was already having my cover letter done. Everything was ready to go. And then APHA decided that they were adding on four new executive residencies. So the foundation has the fellowship. APHA will have the four residencies in BPS, education, publishing, and pharmacy practice departments. And so that kind of shook things up for me. I was like, oh, really contemplating what I really wanted to get out of this. Did I want to specialize in a specific area or was I really looking for that broad experience that the foundation offers um, on their charitable end? So that was something that I really discussed with my mentors trying to figure out which route I was going to take. And the application process involved us ranking them. It wasn't like separate applications for each position. Um, so that was interesting, and I'm really looking forward to having six co-residents at headquarters. They'll be buzzing with us post-grads next year, which is really exciting. And that will be so fun. Yes. I can tell you that will be a big component of your experience. <laughs> yes, I'm very excited to have built-in friends. You know, moving yeah. to a new place is always scary. I'm moving halfway across the country to D.C. to work at APHA headquarters. But, you know, what I'm really looking forward to the most, I would say, is just having that phenomenal mentorship that the foundation staff provides. I had a rotation with APHA in their Office of Governance, which is closely tied with their foundation. So I got experience in both. And just in five weeks, the amount of mentorship that I received, the amount of feedback was just outstanding. And so I'm looking forward to more of that, having these leaders willing and wanting to help me grow and develop myself as a person and a professional and I'm also really excited to work on things like incentive grants and their Pinnacle Awards so that I can really get that first look at all of the amazing things that our members are doing nationwide. Well, I know that you're going to have a great experience and, you know, a shout out to the mentors and preceptors to Brian Wall and also to Mitch Rothholz. I've known both of them for a long time and Mitch, you know, leading the foundation now. I mean, I think you're, you're, working on some really cool initiatives, but developing people and exposing people to opportunities is what Mitch is all about. And so, and it's, you know, we've seen so much of that with his work in the last several months related to COVID and immunizations. And so your future is super bright. And, you know, before we leave this topic, I also want to really acknowledge the philanthropy of Cal and Ursula Knowlton, who several years ago endowed the um, executive, at that time it was an executive residency, now we're using the terminology executive fellowship. But, you know, Cal and Ursula have been innovators in pharmacy and leadership. He's a past president of APHA. They've started multiple companies, are doing just really cool things. And I got to know Cal when I was in DC for many years. His daughter was an intern with me at the Pharmacy Technician Certification Board. So I just think the world of this idea of giving back and extending and training future leaders. So shout out to Cal and Ursula. And, you know, I know that's a value that you hold dearly at Drake too, Renee, that developing your students, your practitioners, your alumni, so that we can help to pay it forward. And, you know, I think when you're involved in a program that's 
either an institute that's named for something or a program or whatever, it, it just means so much um, for those kind of things to continue. So, well, Olivia, the future's super bright and I just can't wait to stay in touch with you and hear you know, some of the things that you do when you're out there in, in DC. Yeah, thank you, Melissa. I will definitely be in touch to get all your tips on the best places to go out there. Yeah, you know, there, there are some good ones. Well, you know, Renee, in these times, these trying times during the pandemic and, you know, so much has changed and evolved, there's also been like silver linings and some light that's kind of gone through there. And one of the things that I've been so proud of, and, you know, I reached out to you and we've talked a little bit about this, is the leadership role that the College of Pharmacy is taking related to um, COVID-19 and vaccinations and access. And, you know, you touched on this about the school and the university being exposed to underserved populations. And, you know, a huge sense of pride for me has been visiting the Boys and Girls Club, which is now on campus, because I'm a huge um, supporter of that and think that that's such an important thing. So tell me more about like what's happening with this vaccinated at Drake and what does that look like? Sure thing. I am so proud of our profession and all of the activities in testing, which we got involved in, uh, starting with the back to school drive up uh, booths and tents that we did testing and throughout the fall semester, but then now more recently the vaccination and I'm especially proud of our faculty and students and what they've accomplished in this initiative. When the news first came out back in November, December, that pharmacists were going to be very involved as we thought we would, but it was always, it was still good to have the external audiences uh, reinforce that the importance of pharmacists. Um, I was interviewed by one of the local TV stations. And at that time I shared with them, we have an army of vaccinators here at our school that are ready to fight in this COVID-19 war. They that they have a passion to make a difference. And that's why they went into pharmacy was to really improve patient lives. And I am so delighted. And I know that there's a lot of excitement and invigoration amongst our faculty and students who have stepped up to participate in this. And we even moved up our immunization course so that our P1s could get they're training early. Many of us, including me, oh, that's great. <laughs> including me, went through the vaccination course as well. So I'm ready as we do our mass vaccination clinics to help out as well. And all of our various partners have been great. We didn't really have the administrative structure to do large scale vaccination clinics with all the reporting and the insurance and the billing and everything else. So we were really fortunate to have Hy-Vee, a local grocery store chain uh, regionally based here in the Midwest that stepped forward with the vision along with us to do something larger than what either of us could have done on our own. And so we have partnered with the Polk County Health Department. And um, now we're having further conversations as we move into the other tiers within our state of additional clinics for patients from underserved populations. And I can't say enough either about the leadership on Drake's campus that really has embraced what we could do on campus. So our president, Marty Martin, and Provost Sue Madison, and Chief Administrative Officer Vanessa Macro have been so good to work with and to come up with ideas of how we can make this happen 
and to support the partnerships on campus. And then you mentioned the Boys and Girls Club. We also have the Harkin Institute. Both are fairly new buildings on campuses. And most importantly, they have large spaces. So we can have people distanced and be able to run mass vaccination clinics. So over a time period of four hours, we'll do two to 300 doses. And so it's been great to have those spaces available for not only those vaccination stations I mentioned, but also uh, post-vaccination waiting areas. I think a lot of times the public doesn't realize all of the background work and all of the meetings and all of the planning that needs to go in, in addition to actually doing uh, the vaccinations themselves. And so it, while none of us are happy about having to deal with COVID-19 and all of the things with it, I think that it's given a bit of a spotlight on our profession and the things that pharmacy can do to contribute to overall health and well-being of, of patients. Yeah, I, t I totally agree with that. And I think it's reinforced the accessibility of pharmacies. And, you know, Olivia touched on this too, of, you know, where our pharmacies are located across the country and access for our patients. But I also really appreciate that you highlighted partnerships and that, you know, it could have, it could have easily been like, you know, your group could have decided, well, we don't have the infrastructure in place to do this. So we'll do it small, but we won't, you know, make it broader. And I love then that you did the partnership with Hy-Vee and then thought through about the facilities and, you know, how you could use a new building like Harkin or the, um, the Harkin Institute or the Boys and Girls Club to make it work. And, you know, I also think that that's a good example in the community to see groups coming together. And, you know, it's just, I, I've been, you know, pleasantly surprised and happy to just see some of the innovation that's come out. There's a IT person, you may have seen this in Iowa City, who just created a um, an algorithm to get vaccine alerts for when vaccines are available. And, you know, I think that's been really, and then he's also encouraged people to help for the most vulnerable populations. Like if you have, know a senior who, um, or a neighbor or a relative who doesn't know how to like make an online appointment, he's giving tips about how to do that. I, I don't know, it's just been, I think refreshing to see like humanity helping each other. Yeah, exactly. And we have a call center in our college and they have partnered another partnership with Polk County Health Department and have called seniors that may not have access to computers to be able to sign up for the appointments. And so over the phone, they have gotten the information and submitted it so that those seniors could get appointments as well and get vaccinated. So there's so many innovative things that are happening and people reaching out that it does really give additional reinforcement to the care that is provided for others. Yeah, for sure. Well, Olivia and Renee, I think we could just keep going, but our time together is drawing to a close. And, you know, when I, at the conclusion of my Melissa Rx Scripps podcast episodes, I typically ask this question, well, I have you both. Is there one prescription or life lesson you'd like to share with others or comment on in the spirit of Melissa Rx Scripps? And Renee, do you want to go first? Sure, I'll start. Olivia might remember this, but I have a favorite analogy, and I guess it's an acronym that I try to keep in perspective for myself, and then I share it with our incoming students each year, and that is that we are on a path in our professional and personal lives, certainly in a figurative sense as we think about traveling the path and the journey, but PATH also forms an acronym for four perspectives and mindsets that I think are so important for success. And so 
path um, where the P stands for the passion that keeps us going and maybe helps us through some of those tough times because we remember why we're working for what we're working for. A stands for attitude that having a positive attitude that's got an open mind. It's probably more important now than ever. T is for teamwork and the importance of collaboration and collegiality, and then honor for doing what is right and being professional. And my own perspective, I've found that when I kind of get off track, uh, pun intended, on these things that it's not a forward moving path. And I a lot of times have to get myself out of the rut that I'm in and get myself back on the right path. And maybe it's an attitude check. Maybe it's checking in with my team. Maybe it's reminding myself why it is that I'm doing uh, what I'm doing, what the big picture reason is for it. So I'll share that with uh, the PATH acronym. Oh, that's a good one. Thank you. And Olivia, what about you? Yeah, I think my prescription for our listeners today would be um, something that's worked really well for me throughout my most of my time as a student and going into being a new practitioner this upcoming year is coming up with a goal statement, writing it down and making sure it's in a place that's accessible to you and where you'll see it pretty much every day. Having your goals looking you right in the face every day really gives you that motivation to be intentional and strategic about where you choose to invest your time and energy. And just as an example, my goal statement, for the most part, has always been based upon, I want to pursue a career in pharmacy advocacy and ensuring the pharmacy profession continues to advance in the direction that we want to see. So because of that, because I had it written down in my notes app on my computer, I went in there every day to do whatever in my notes app, but it was always in there, um, ready for me to see it that day. It kind of served as a reminder for me, like, oh yeah, I do have that event coming up this weekend. If I want to go to it, I should be asking off work just because, you know, this event is going to be really crucial for me developing as a leader. Um, so things like that, where you are putting that energy out into the world. I want to do this with myself. I am going to do this for myself. And looking back on that, reflecting on it, having that as kind of a daily thing, that's been something really useful for me and something that I think really helps us ground ourselves in why we're doing what we're doing. Well, thank you. I love both of those, the PATH and the acronym and you know all that goes with that is, that's a really good one to focus on. And Olivia, I echo with what you're saying and I um, re it resonates with me what you're saying about writing your goals down, but then also checking it and staying aligned and then figuring out you know, does something line up or, you know, not line up? Well, this has been super fun. We've been able to, to have some great conversations and talk about some fun things and celebrate all things Drake. And again, go Bulldogs related to the men's basketball program. But I just want to say thank you so much, Olivia and Renee, for sharing your insights with me. Um, this is the Melissa Rx Scripps podcast. And thanks for everyone listening. I really appreciate it. Encourage you to follow our show on podcast channels. And I also want to say a special thank you to my Producer Kate Cruz, who helps make the magic happen. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Melissa. Thanks, Melissa.